Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 143, and it is titled, Why People Pleasing is Hurting You. People pleasing, yeah, this is another, every once in a while we come up with a subject and I go, how have we not covered this before? (laughs) And I say that because it's so common and it's something that comes up when we do couples coaching a lot. There's almost always one person out of the couple that's in this sort of people pleasing role. And, you know, some people go, well, what's wrong with that? But we'll we'll get into that (laughs) as we go. There are some pretty big potential downsides to that. And I think as we go through, you know, what do we really mean when we say people pleasing? Why is it not necessarily good? How can we avoid it? We'll also talk about like, what are some healthier ways to be in the relationship rather than being stuck in that people-pleasing role? So we do have a special guest today who is an expert on this, who's going to... She's a professional ex-people-pleaser. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who now helps people get over people-pleasing. <laughs> so we're going to dive into all of that, and I think it's going to be really interesting. So before we get started, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power & Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power & Mastery at Power & mastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. So go check it out. You after want the to episode. be that man. <laughs> so our guest today is Morgan Dolman. She is a life and clarity coach. She helps struggling people pleasers gain clarity and confidence to grow into inspired leaders and entrepreneurs. She has years of experience in the nonprofit sector, sector which has given her a deep-rooted knowledge of how to combine business with values. She is certified by the Human Potential Institute and specializes in embodiment and transformational coaching. She loves to coach her clients to find clarity and and then support them into actually taking action to create their best life. Welcome, Morgan. Hi, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. I am definitely looking forward to your insights uh, because I do believe that so many people are stuck in the people-pleasing. I do think that there is a maybe a spectrum because I can actually relate to being a people pleaser to a certain degree. Definitely not as much as uh, some of the examples you were giving us before we started recording. Uh, But if I'm being honest, I can see times in my life where I was more stuck in that and had to work on that. So I'm also imagining that there's definitely like a spectrum and maybe we come in and out of it. So we'll talk about all of that. So how about we start at the beginning? Yeah, we got we to gotta go back to the beginning <laughs> because we need to establish how and why you are an expert in this people-pleasing. So <laughs> question number one is, you told us in the pre-interview that you used to be a people-pleaser. So what we were curious about was, what did that look like for you? How did that, how did that show up in your life? Yeah, so I was... Um I was people pleasing, which pretty much meant I was saying yes to everything. I was a managing director. So I was of a nonprofit. So I had like a hundred people trying to ask me questions constantly. And I was always saying yes to everything. 
And um, also in my personal life, I was saying yes to every request that came in. Um, if anyone needed me, I was the person to go to. And of course, it served me in a way because it made me feel really important and loved. However, <laughs> it totally burnt me out physically, mentally, emotionally, to a point where like, I didn't even know who I was. What did I like to do? I like didn't even know <laughs> because I was just saying yes to everything else. And I had really like no energy for what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I had no energy for like working out in the way I wanted to, even like little things like that. But it was just causing so much drain on everything. And so like, essentially I just burnt out hardcore. I got super sick, um, about two years ago and, uh, it's been a recovery ever since. It's funny when you were talking, I was thinking, this sounds so exhausting, like saying yes to everyone. And then I know that when people spot that yes person, they tend to gravitate. Like it's like you attract those people because you're kind of in a codependent relationship there. Well, especially if you're in corporate America, they will they will <laughs> <Suck you dry. laughs> they will never look at you and they will they will never say, you know, you're you're working a little too much. You're you're saying yes to I think you should take a few things off your plate. <laughs> never have those words ever been uttered in corporate America. I know I spent a decade there. <laughs> they will take, take, take take, take until you burn out. That's the way it goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people don't even realize they're doing it. Mm. Um, but they, it's kind of like they're vampires sucking all your blood and they don't realize they're doing it. <laughs> um, and so you have to, and it is, you know, our responsibility to like start setting boundaries start saying no. Um, and of course that can be little things. It can be big things. I uh, doing it at work is very hard because like, um, the the fear of being fired <laughs> um so you know that's where we have to be very like you know uh careful cautious right make sure that what we're asking for is doable or are you just in a very toxic environment that's another issue a lot of people pleasers get themselves into uh, a caretaker role which can just be um exhausting in every way. Yeah. So, so you're leading us into our next question, which is how boundaries come into play. And, and you already kind of alluded to that in the, in the work world, this can be quite challenging. Um, I know from my personal experience that when I have set boundaries in corporate, it generally didn't go well with management, right? You become sort of the problem child. You become the person who's not the team player, right? You become the one that's always a struggle to get them to do whatever. When re in reality, all you're trying to do is manage your own energy level and not burn out so that you can keep doing what you need to do. But it's not always viewed that way. So I'm just curious what your take on boundaries uh, is, but not just in the workplace, but also, you know, boundaries in your relationships and, and all the other aspects of your life where you're saying yes, but you really should be setting some boundaries. Yeah. I mean, I always suggest start with easier things, right. Than like your work boundaries, like start like gradient, you know, um, you know, maybe just start saying no to, um, the date with your friend that you can't stand or something like that. Um, you know, just start with like little things, but as we, as you get more experience with boundary setting, what actually has to happen too, is you have to understand the needs of the other person involved. It doesn't mean you cater to them, but you do like, that's why with relationship boundaries, 
it, it can't just be, well, sometimes it should be just like, you need to stop doing this. But sometimes it's more of a negotiation. It's more of a, this really bothers me. I don't like this for this reason. You know, what is your need on the other side? And you can apply that also to, to like your boss, right? What's your need from me? And, and this is a big thing. Like a lot of times when we get jobs, the job description de- has nothing to do with what we're actually doing at our work. So it is important, I think, to check in with your boss and say, okay, so what are the expectations of me, right? Like what, what do you need from me on a daily, weekly basis? And then from that piece of information, I think you, and and this is a little bit of a privileged thing to say. So I just want to say that right up front, but you do have to decide at some point whether you want to continue that lifestyle or you want to become an entrepreneur and create a lifestyle or just, you know, pivot into another field and create a lifestyle that really works for you. That's what happened with me and tends to be a lot of my clients are like, you know, we try to set boundaries at work and then they're like, to hell with it. I'm just going to start my own business. <laughs> and I'm like, sounds good. You know, uh, That's always my favorite, you know, call to get when I'm and they're like, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Let's go. And I'm like, great. You know, so it's, it does happen. So, yeah. So I want to dive into this uh, people pleasing and in, in ways that it shows up. And I think that I want to talk about something in particular that we talked in our pre-interview where you were talking about people pleasing shows up in women in different ways and also around sexuality. And, you know, because we're the love lab, we love to to talk about this subject. And I think it's something that's not often talked about. I think people can relate to like, oh yeah, the work or the friends, you know, but let's talk about some very deep ways that they can show up when you allow sex to happen to you because you don't say no or you want to please somebody else and can you explain more what that means and I and if you have some experience with that or examples that you want to share that would be super helpful absolutely and this is really really common for people pleasers it tends to be the the kind of the last thing I hear about, you know, it's, it's wrapped in shame. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I have to bring it up with clients, you know, very kind of, um, you know, with a lot of understanding, because I myself have gone through this, but what can happen is we don't say no, we don't ask for what we want. And, um, things happen to us, like you were saying that really break a boundary. And when we're breaking that kind of physical boundary, it it can have very traumatizing effects, even if we don't see it that way. Right. You know, and, and it's also really, really traumatizing for the other side as well. Like if you think someone is consenting because they've said yes, or they haven't really, said no. And then you, you know, as a man or just as a partner kind of penetrate, that's, that's energetically going to just, it causes so much subconscious harm that, that it's, it's definitely something that takes a long time to, um, you know, unpack. And especially in our culture, you know, we, I grew up in a culture where like you wanted to lose your virginity as quickly as possible. Um, so you were like, uh, you pretty much, you didn't even understand what you were doing. You were just like, let's, let's get this over with, um, on both sides. So, um, you, you were saying yes, but you didn't really want to, but you know, so it started really from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I hope that answered the question. Does yeah. That, so yeah. Th- this is one of those tricky areas for it men, is. It's right? so tricky Because mm-hmm. there's, there's a, there's a y- yes. And then there's a hell yeah, let's do this. Right. But 
the thing is, they're both still technically a yes. And where guys get into tricky situations is, but she said yes. She's been saying yes all this time. Now, granted, yes, he should learn to be able to tell the difference between uh, uh, yes and like, yeah, I can't wait for this, right? Yes, he should learn that. And on the other end, women should learn that uh, yes actually means no. Or it means maybe I'm not sure, which still means no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? So that can be very challenging, I think, for men to navigate. navigate. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But it puts a lot of pressure on them, too, where I think if if the women could get better at setting their boundaries, that would be very helpful for both sides. Yeah. And I I think as well, um, when you... It's interesting where, you know, you're waiting for the yes or the no, but like why can't we just have a discussion? <laughs> you know, it's like so interesting. You're like, you know, I, I, there's no time that's not communicated. Like the time before you have sex with someone, especially the first time, there's no communication about it <laughs> in our culture. It's like, we're like shut down almost because you're, you're so, um, like aware of each other, like physically that we forget that, you know, we can open our mouths and say, you know, I really do want to have sex, but I'm, I'm concerned, like, or I'm nervous. Like I'm so nervous right now. Um, you know, let's do some foreplay before we get into it or something like that, you know? (laughs) Um, yeah, there's just so much, it's like, let's open our mouths, but it's so hard. It's so hard to do that. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's about communication, but it's, it's, um, it's difficult. Yeah, it can be. And, you know, one thing I'll say to the men listening is that it's, it's in your best interest to err on the side of caution, right? And if you do that, actually, not only will you not end up in a bad situation where she accuses you of something, you'll actually end up being seen as even better than before. Like, I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, there was a woman, this goes back quite a few years, but there was a woman that we obviously had sexual attraction and, you know, we had spent some time together here and there. And so one night she's over and we're kind of just fooling around on the bed and she's naked. I'm on top of her. It's about to go to sex. And I just, I could feel something, I could feel there was a hesitation there. And so I just looked at her. I said, are you, are you sure that you're ready to do this? And she kind of said, yes. And I just said, no, nah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think now's the right time. And we never actually ended up having sex ever, you know, but we, we remained really good friends. And she actually then later in life, a few years later, started calling me and asking me for support in like her relationships and stuff because she trusted me. Because in that moment, there was, there was yeah, just a trust that was built. There was like, a, oh, wow, okay, he's safe. I can trust him kind of thing. And so the advice to the men is if you're not sure, you know, err on the side of caution, you have nothing to lose and only things to gain because she's gonna, then going to feel safe around you and be able to open up more and trust you rather than just go, well, it's, it's close enough to a yes, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is where like the people pleasing is so important. Like, you know, I'm sure for, I've been in that situation, you know, where I'm like, yeah, because you're just, you're so used to saying yes in everything in your life. But the thing is, is when someone's violating you like that, and, and you know, you yet said yes, and yet they violated you, it's it's still so, so upsetting. And, and it will end the... Um, the attraction, right? So it's so, so important. And, and, you know, sex is probably one of the hardest
hardest things to set boundaries around because of how vulnerable you are. So I definitely suggest like start in other easier places. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. And also I think when you're single too, part of you is like, yeah, I want to have sex. And the other part of you is like, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like your body and your mind are at war. Yeah. <laughs> So I know that people pleasing, like we've been talking a lot about the women here, but it doesn't just show up for the women. Men can also end up in people pleasing mode. And, you know, I've seen that with some of my clients. I've seen that in past relationship where I think there's a deep need to be loved. So they're going to make her happy, but like pleasing her so much. And I know that you had mentioned to us that men um, who have recently become dads uh, become people pleasers, which affects the polarity in the relationship. So tell us more about your experience on the other side from the men and changes in their life that can create that situation. Yeah, I think... Um there's a, there's a lot of interesting points here. First off, like people pleasing tends to come from a parent wound. And so for men, it tends to come from, a, from their mother wound. Um, and for women, it tends to come from their father wound, right? Like you're always trying to please the men in your life if you didn't feel like you were loved by your dad. Um, but for men, it's interesting because they, when they become a father, um, they're like women, I think intuitively because of the way our bodies work, we kind of fall into the parenthood. We tend to fall into it a little bit easier, but often what happens is there becomes this like moms no longer have boundaries with their kids. And so there's like, it's interesting. Um, there's so many dynamics that can happen, but, um, the dad starts to relate to their wife as a mother, and so it opens up that that mother wound and um, boom, right? He's people pleasing because he's trying to please his mother and it's really his wife on the other side. So it's it becomes this like very, um, you know, we I'm sure you guys have worked a lot with this with how like parent wounds affect relationships. Um, so it's the same with people pleasing. And, you know, it's all about going back and understanding, okay, why am I doing this? Why do I feel that need? Um, and it's almost always some something in your relationship with your parents. So, yeah. Ooh, I can't wait to dive into some of the what to do and how to know if you're stuck in there, which we are about to get into. But first, we're going to do a short sponsors break. And today we are inviting you, all the couples listening, to work with us. So if you are a committed couple who is stuck in a rut and just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to, and you're tired of stale mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to invite you to join our highly sexed power couple platinum program. So give us 90 days and we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. So if that's you and you want some support from Kevin and I and want to work with us, go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion. It's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com forward slash passion. Do it. You know you want to do it. Oh, yeah. You know you need the support. <laughs> <laughs> so, Morgan, how do you know if you are a people pleaser? So maybe there are still some listeners right now that are like, well, maybe it's me, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, they're going, eh, you know, I got a couple of those things, but that's not really me. Uh -huh. right? Probably in denial. So how, yeah, how do they know? 
Well, um, are you overbooked? That's a really easy one, right? Like, is your calendar out of control? You're overbooked. You double book yourself. Um, that's tends to be like a huge one. <laughs> oh, give me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the feeling of like if you say no like just try saying no to something see how you feel is it incredibly difficult to say no um, and sometimes it's also about certain people in your life like you don't people please to everybody just like your family or just uh, like your partner or something in that case like it can also just be certain groups of people so you know, those are ways to look out. And also like, are you getting burnt out by all the things you're doing? Are you not doing self-care? Are you not doing like a morning or evening routine because you don't have enough time? It's almost always because you're people pleasing. Yeah. Fascinating. So have you noticed any common patterns that people who have people pleasers, uh, who are people pleasers tend to have? Um, you mean like in life or like in Yeah. Is there, is there like a, a trait or something? Are they like overly nice <laughs> or is it, uh, I don't know, do they have eating disorders <laughs> or like if they're, or is it a combination? Like, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, are there like, I, and you know, sometimes I know trying to put labels and put things in a box isn't always the solution, but I'm just trying for people to, to start to see. And maybe like we started this episode that there is a spectrum, maybe mm-hmm. like it's only like 10% of the time of this certain people and it shows up into one area of your life. So yeah. Yeah. So I I think self-sabotage would be like the number one pattern. Mm -hmm. They tend to have something they're constantly, they're using other people as a way to self-sabotage essentially. That is so (laughs) real. Okay. I know people pleasers. We know people pleasers. And uh, when you say that, I'm like, bingo, you're so We're both thinking of the same person. Yes. This is a behavior we have absolutely observed multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely something we need to like, um, yeah, we need to just start making time for ourselves. And, you know, I, I work with a lot of mothers because making time for yourself is a different game when you're a, a mother. Um, so, you know, it's, it's about finding five minutes at first, you know, don't try to do the hour morning routine. Like it's not going to work. Just start with five minutes in the morning or in the evening to really come to yourself. And most people pleasers are like really terrified of just being with themselves. They, they are terrified of being alone. Um, and so, and you probably see this in relationships as well with like codependency and stuff. So if you like the thought of spending five minutes alone or going on a walk by yourself, um, terrifies you, then I would start to say like, really start to just get in touch with yourself. And that's when you can start to say, oh, you know, maybe I have other priorities. And, and that's a really cool thing. When you start to go into recovery as a people pleaser, your priorities shift a huge amount. And that's when, you know, you can start your own business or, you know, just start spending time with people you really connect with, you know, things like that. Mm. Yeah. I find that fascinating. There's several of those behaviors that definitely show up repeatedly in people, the self-sabotage using, using other people as an excuse for why you can't do things the you never have enough time to do anything. That actually is one that we see a lot because Mm -hmm. 
you know, we do very similar things when it comes to coaching people to improve their sex life. One of the complaints that we get a lot is there just isn't enough time in the day, you know? And so we try to reframe that and we do something similar to you in a sense that we say, look, you don't have to have three hours for this, right? You know, start by setting aside just a small amount of time. And then, yeah, but even 20 minutes, like we don't even have that. And then, and then you go, okay, uh, how much time did you spend on your cell phone today? How many movies did you watch this evening, right? How much time did you waste doing this, that, or the other thing? And you realize that anybody, anybody, I don't care who they are, anybody can find 30 minutes in their day to focus on their relationship with their partner. They could find those things too, but they don't because they're self-sabotaging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, then you get to a point where you start sabotaging the relationships in your life that really mean something. Um, And a lot of the times too, probably you guys see this, but like, it's also, you don't want to face yourself. You also don't want to face the real problems in the relationship in that need to be healed, you know? Um, And so it's like, if we actually connect for 30 minutes, (laughs) I'm going to be sobbing, right? (laughs) Because I am so upset about that one thing you did or something. So it's also like avoidant behavior as well, which is like codependency and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definite. And it only amplifies like people pleasers when you're like single and you're like 22 and you don't have kids and like, you're really young, it's, it's fine. But as you have a relationship, you know, you know, grow um, in your, uh, like your job, your job becomes more pressure. You know, you have more pressure there. You become a parent. Becoming a people pleaser is like, it it will, you know, burn you out hardcore. Yeah. So what, what, how can they overcome it? Like basically the the biggest challenge that that I'm hearing those people face is number one, they, they will self-sabotage and they will also have difficulty being by themselves. So it's like, I'm too scared to be by myself, but that's also what I need to learn to listen to myself so that then I can speak up, you know, and ask for what I want and need. Um, And maybe I'm curious about what did you do? How did you overcome it? Like what were some of the steps that you did and, and, and other people can take too? Yeah. My, my first step is always become very aware of how bad it is become really, really aware, whether that's journaling or just noting in your life, like, where are you people pleasing everywhere and really become aware. Um, and then from that awareness, you need to, um, you know, that it's, it's, it is hard five minutes of self-care every day, whatever that is for you, but that'll really just help you start to get in touch with yourself. And then the healing process can begin, whether it's with a coach or a therapist or a healer or whatever, Um, you know, but you need that five minutes just to start seeing what's really, really going on. Um, And just to connect with yourself as women, especially we, we just don't connect and our intuition is, is, um, is clouded. And, um, I can't speak for men, but I think it's similar. A lot of guys aren't in touch with, you know, what their gut is saying. So, you know, just start to get in touch with yourself in any way, whether that's like literally touching yourself. Um, if that you're, works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great stress reliever <laughs> or just like meditating or, or journaling or whatever it is for you, but just five minutes where you connect with you. And then from there, it's going to start to get easier. This is kind of a tricky question, but do you you have any advice for somebody who isn't aware that they're stuck in the people-pleasing mode? Oh, 
Well, if you're saying, if you're overly saying things like, I don't have enough time, um, you know, uh, you're blaming other people for your problems. These are, these are really low vibe energies. And if you're doing that, you may not realize it, but you're actually people pleasing, right? You're allowing other people to dictate how you feel. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, and it, it takes, it, it's, it's really hard, but I do think that most people who are people pleasing know they're doing it. Um, it's just like getting out of the cycle is so hard because you also have to let people down, especially in the beginning. Um, I still have trouble. Like I had to set a boundary last week and it was like, I was like sweating. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard. It's, it, it is really hard depending on what it is. So yeah, just one. And, and if you're not sure if you're a people pleaser, I dare you today to set a boundary, right? Say no to something. And if it's really easy, then great. You do not need me. <laughs> if it's really hard and you're sweating, you're like, I can't do this. Your, your mind is thinking of every reason not to do it. Then you probably are a people pleaser. I find that I think some people are addicted to what they get. Like the, the people pleasing gives you a form of love mm, that, yeah, you, that you are uh, craving, that you're not giving to yourself and that you may not have received while growing up. And what I do see is that some people will rather stick to the story and the identification of I can't do this because my mother abused me or I had this with my parents or this happened in my childhood, whatever story uh, that basically becomes an excuse to why they can't be who they want to be in life. Yeah, I would add to that too something um, that, that you said at the beginning, which is that the people pleasing gives people a sense of feeling important. Mm -hmm. So it could be um, what you were just explaining and or the whole, like, I feel important because I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very common um, trait because they're in the caregiver archetype and they're stuck there, right? It's the only way they feel any validation from the world around them is by caring overly for people. And, um, you know, I even see this with like finances, right? People like gift too much, Um, and they, they're draining their own bank accounts. They, you know, it's the classic one is when I hear about a, uh, women, you know, spending $500 on their friend's wedding. But when, um, they're on a call with me <laughs> for coaching, they're like, I don't have the money. <laughs> you're like, Wait, what? <laughs> you know, like, uh, but you just spent like so much money on someone else's wedding, like not even your own. So, You know, it's, it's definitely like, that's, you know, I say to my friends all the time, you don't have to say yes to things, you know, like actually take a beat and think about whether you can do it. Finan not just, by the way, it's not just about your time and energy. It's about all your resources, which includes money um, and time, of course. So yeah, it's, it's really important. Yeah. If you're, if you're willing to spend those resources on somebody else, but not yourself, you really need to look into some self-love because that's really what it comes down to. It's self-worth and self, self-love. You don't yeah. value yourself enough and you, or, and, or you value other people more than you.
Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you guys see this, you probably do, but like a lot of, I see a lot of uh, women kind of giving their sexual energy to their partner and then never self-pleasuring at all. And that like gets thrown out the window. Do you find, I, I see that with a lot of my clients who are people pleasers. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I mean, we, we can see some of that dynamic, whether it's the woman or we've seen it reversed to where it's the man where one partner just... <laughs> tags along but it's true doesn't have that self-connection and that becomes the source of why their sex life isn't that great because unless you really know yourself know what you want and feel comfortable then you won't get to those higher levels that sexuality and intimacy can go to if you feel more comfortable yeah and i think i think in relation to that what we see more than somebody just saying well you know i'm not going to pleasure myself anymore because I have to pleasure the other person. It, it tends to be like, um, I shouldn't be pleasuring myself because I should be giving all of that to mm, them. That, yeah. That's where we mm. see that a little bit more. It's not so much that I'm too tired like I want to. You know, that's the thing. It's, they're, they're often not in a place where they go, well, I want to pleasure myself, but I just can't because I'm too tired or I'm too busy. Usually it, it's more like a I, I shouldn't be masturbating because I should be giving all that energy to him or her or or whatever. I think yeah. that's how we see it a little bit more often. Yeah, the, and that's actually a really good indicator is whenever there's a should, right? <laughs> I should do something, ooh, a red flag <laughs> on the field for that because it's like, and, and I, you know, I think a lot of people get into this trap of like, oh, I should get a corporate job. You know, I should do that out of college, right? But also you're not happy. <laughs> so should you be happy? I don't know, you know? So it's like, a, that's a really good word to kind of like, uh, if you hear that, it's a red mm-hmm. flag, yeah. So tell us, Morgan, what steps can our listeners take right now if they've been identified, uh, if they've identified with being a self-pleaser? I mean, of course, there's working with you. (laughs) Um, But do you have any like maybe a first step that they could take right away? Yeah, my my first step is always, like I was saying earlier, self-care. And I really suggest you either make it a morning or an evening routine, just five, 10 minutes. Um, And don't let anyone judge what you're doing. (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously you can like go look up great things to do for your morning and evening routines, but whatever like really fills you up, try and avoid screens if you can. But, um, you know, what do you like to do? Is it just sit and meditate or journal or, um, you know, knit, uh, read? What, What is it that you love to do? And just take five minutes a day and start getting into that that habit. And what you, you're doing a few things. First of all, when you make that promise to yourself and you really uphold it, you're going to start breaking the self-sabotaging habits, which is vital as a people pleaser. Also, you have to set a boundary around that five minutes. And that's a really good practice as well. Um, you know, whether you need to tell your, your, your spouse or your partner, nope, I, I need this time alone. That could be it. Maybe just simply like turning your phone off for that five minutes so no one can contact you. Um, parents, I always say do it when the kids are asleep <laughs> um, or taking a nap. Um, but uh, yeah, just start there. Like just start with a promise to yourself and um, it'll it'll bring up a lot. So have a journal nearby to like journal as much as you can. And, and you did talk about 
you know, it's just like, it's just doing it, even if it's uncomfortable when you say that you set a boundary last week and you were sweating, you know, and I know for myself, it was the same thing. I was rehearsing a lot of the things in my head or in front of a mirror, what I would want to say to the person. And I'm not going to lie when I was in front of a person, I'd be like sweating and like heart racing. But the thing is what you see is the more you do those things, the easier it becomes. And it's despite the fear, you just, you set a goal and it doesn't matter if you're not going to do it perfectly. The fact that you're willing to take a stand for yourself and take a step forward is, I think, like more than half of the battle that's already like won. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when, when you put yourself first and you kind of stand in that, you, you start to increase your self-worth. And when you're starting to increase your self-worth and all of a sudden things become so much more, um, they become, everything becomes possible. Things get clearer, like you get more clarity in your life when you're feeling really good about yourself. Ooh, these are wonderful things to look forward to. So we have always our last question, but before we get to our juicy last question, tell our listeners where they can find more of you. And I know you have also a special uh, gift, a free ebook that you have for our listeners, People Pleaser to Confident Leader, 10 Ways to Grow from Low Self-Worth and People Pleasing to Confident and Inspired Leader. And uh, the link will be in the description below, but um, yeah, please tell us listeners. (laughs) Yeah. So the best thing to do is just like follow me on Instagram at morgan.doman and um, I will definitely answer you. I love to connect there and also my website as well. If you want to see my, how you can work with me, um, that's also a really good place to find me. Morgandoman.com. Awesome. Yes. Wonderful. And of course the link will be in the show notes. So you don't have to figure out how to spell <laughs> Morgan Doman. It's really easy. <laughs> Okay, so we have one last question that we always ask our guests, and it is, what is your best sexual talent? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, I think my favorite is touch, like just really getting sensual around touch. Yeah. That's, I don't know if that's a talent, but I just, that's what I love. Sure, it could (laughs) be a talent. You have talented uh, hands. That's right. (laughs) Talented hands. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Morgan. Thank you for sharing. Thank, Thank you, you for being here today. I um, I really enjoyed this conversation and we hope that our listeners got inspired to take action. <laughs> yes. Yes. And well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And yeah, thanks for helping people because really we can't be stuck in people pleasing. We need more selfish open-hearted people (laughs) (laughs) it's all about the balance right it is it's the balance of doing things and helping other people while also maintaining your own health and vitality and sanity (laughs) and and the coolest thing is then you show up for other people way better exactly yeah Mm -hmm. exactly all right well thank you morgan so much for for coming on the show and for helping our listeners with this issue Yeah, thank you guys. (laughs) All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. 
We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.